Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of A Deeper Conversation. I am so glad you're listening to this. If you're in the middle of cooking or if you're in the middle of packing and getting ready to go somewhere for Yontif, either way, Pesach is stressful. There's a lot going on, and the fact that you're choosing to spend some of your precious time with me is something that I am incredibly grateful for. I really just wanted to sit down and record something about Pesach to put myself in the mood and hopefully pass along some of that inspiration. So last week, I just, in the middle of cooking and shopping and all the things that I'm doing, I sat down and recorded this quick episode and I hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to reach me, if you have comments, questions, feedback, I love hearing from you. Please email me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at a deeper conversation and you could message me there. And if you're interested in sponsoring your podcast or getting involved and helping to support the podcast, you can email me at that email address, a deeper conversation, one, two, zero at gmail.com. Go to maverickpodcasting.com. You could see there's a little heart um, money symbol sign there and you could click on my name. Donations, even five, ten dollars a month really do help to keep the podcast going. If you feel like you're getting value from it and it's something that you listen to regularly and you want to help support and keep the podcast going, it's really so appreciated and I'm so grateful to everybody who does that. And then of course, if you could like the podcast, give it a five-star rating, write a review, hopefully a positive one, that really helps the podcast as well. Anyways, without further ado, thank you all again so much and enjoy the episode. This is A Deeper Conversation, the podcast for Jewish women. Welcome. Hey, everybody. This is Yochaved. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I am sitting down really like in between shopping and cooking for Pesach. I wanted to record something. I just felt like the need to put something out there about Pesach. I'm doing a lot of work, as many of you are, in the kitchen, and I was thinking, oh, I really wish I had a good podcast to listen to. Um, so if anybody has any good suggestions, please let me know. Email me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram and let me know what has been getting you through this pre-Pesach time. But I thought maybe I could contribute to some of the content out there and give you something to listen to to get you in the mood for Pesach. That's what this is about. So getting us ready and getting us psyched for Pesach in the midst of all the hard work. And like I said, I just came back from the store, got a lot of eggs, got a lot of potatoes, and I am hopefully, if I still have energy after this, going to get up and make bletlach after. So bletlach are, if you don't know what they are, they're egg noodles. So it's sort of like crepes and you make them out of eggs and potato starch. And I make them every year the way my grandmother did. She, of course, would stand and make them in these little, like she had little frying pans and she would make these perfect round crepes and make tons and tons and tons of them. And each one was the exact same thickness and it was perfect. And I was doing that for a while and then I was working with a really nice Hasidish lady and she gave me the biggest Pesach hack of all, which was why don't you get an electric griddle? And so I have this big electric griddle and I take the batter and I pour it and it makes a huge sheet and I cut them into squares and then half of them, like my grandmother did, I slice them really thin and make noodles and put them into black bags in the freezer and I have like one portion for each like serving each time I serve a soup. And so they're noodles in the soup. And then the other half I take and I make potato blintzes out of them and serve them with mushroom sauce. And so it is a Pesach favorite and it's a little bit of a pachka, so a little labor intensive, but it's one of those foods that for me just tastes like Pesach. And it's the only, it's like a thing that you only eat on Pesach and only eat once a year on Pesach. And so the one of the reasons why I think Pesach is just such a profound experience for people is because you really go into this Pesach bubble. I think I described this in my last Pesach episode, which might have been a few years ago. Usually I am too busy to record a Pesach episode. Um, like I always have intentions that I want to, but it doesn't always work out. Um, but 
there's such a sensory experience on Pesach. So it like pulls you down into that moment, into that yuntif, because everything looks different. Everything feels different. Everything tastes different. Your, your, your environment is different, right? You cover the counters or you've, you know, shifted into different dishes and different, you know, sometimes people go away also. So they have a different experience of not necessarily being in their house, but then you're in this bubble. Like I know when I have company, so there's that extra layer of responsibility because your company is going to be eating breakfast, lunch, and supper. So even though obviously sukkah is a sensory experience, but you know, you could bring in bagels and you could, you know, supplement with outside food. And a lot of people really don't do that on Pesach. We certainly don't. So everything that everybody eats is in the house. So everybody's in the house and everybody's sitting at the table. And it's just like an all day, like eggs and, you know, in the morning, well, on Cholomoid, I guess, but like coffee and, and all the Pesach, you know, desserts. And then going into lunch, you're just constantly feeding everybody. Um, and it's super fun, not without its stress though. Somebody today I was just talking to, she said, I know you love Pesach. And it sounded like maybe I had stressed her out because I had said how much I love Pesach, which is, uh, you know, so I quickly had to clarify, meaning to say I do love Pesach, but that doesn't mean I'm not overwhelmed or stressed out about it or worried about how I'm going to manage to check off all the boxes that are on my list of things to do between now and then. But one of the things that really does help is getting into the pre-Pesach mode. And I really believe this, and this of course is true of Shabbos and it's true of Pesach, that part of the avoda is the planning and the preparation. A lot of times I think, especially with a huge thing like Pesach, we think, okay, we're just gonna get to the Seder. And then what happens is we work so hard and we're spending so much time on our feet cooking or cleaning or whatever it is. And then you get to the Pesach and just pass out. And you know, in Chutz we at least have a second Seder. So maybe you could take a nap the next day and get make it to the second Seder. Although I was talking to an Israeli friend who moved here and she was telling me how that second Pesach Seder is just so hard for her, which I could imagine coming from Israel. But, you know, like the idea isn't to pass out for the Seder because we're so tired from all the work, but to really um, engage in planning and making that planning in itself holy and that preparation holy. And my goal for this year is to take a nap of Pesach. We'll see if it happens. We'll see if it works out. But if you want to hear more about this, I don't want to get too caught up into the practicalities, but if you want to um, hear more about this, I recorded a conversation with my friend Michelle Bernstein, who is a uh, therapist, and she is an expert in anxiety. And we recorded a conversation for Chavez Chaim Heritage Foundation for their Upwards as their women's content. And so you could find that I think a lot of the Upwards content you have to pay for. This one you don't. So um, you can, if you click on Chavez Chaim Heritage Foundation, and click on upwards, you could probably find that conversation. It was a lot of fun. We talked about anxiety and we talked about Pesach management and all that stuff um, in a really fun way, I thought. I mean, I got a lot of, out of the conversation. So you can go there for that. But here I want to just give you maybe a, just a little like idea or some of the things that I've been thinking about with regards to Pesach. So I want to share something that I have been thinking about, um, not just this year, actually, but every year this comes up. And I think this is really the key to having a really meaningful Pesach and not just having a meaningful Pesach, but having that experience last far beyond Pesach. Pesach is just, I mean, every holiday is like this, but I think Pesach is also one of those holidays that grounds you for the year and it gives you chizuk. I feel this way about Yom Kippur also, that the energy of Yom Kippur really like lasts hopefully far beyond the one day where there's certain promises that are made and there's a certain spiritual experience that gives you a certain amount of foundation that hopefully will like last you, you know, again, just beyond that one day. Pesach is like that also. And so at the very end of Magid, we say the following, Behold, Adam, Yatsami 
In every generation, one is obligated to regard himself as though he himself had actually gone out from Mitzrayim. So this is always an interesting thing, and we always stop at this every year and say, like, how is it possible to actually feel as though we came out of Mitzrayim? Obviously, nowadays, we live very comfortable lives for most, for the you know majority of us. We certainly, Baruch Hashem, don't have experience personally with slavery, although many people might feel like they have um, other things that are trapping them, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. But still, to have that experience after having described, we just spent the whole maga describing what our ancestors went through when they went on Mitzrayim, the, the Haggadah tells us that we have, not that it's a good idea, but we have an obligation to, to see himself personally as if he went out of Mitzrayim. Each person has that obligation. And the Malbim says that what that means is that the obligation isn't to imagine as if you went out of Mitzrayim or to pretend as if you went out of Mitzrayim. And a lot of people do things which which are great. You get in the mood or like you have, you know, I think Sephardim do this. They walk around the table with like sacks on their back. And like you always do things with the little kids to like try to make it like sort of come alive in a 3D way. That's very imaginative. That's great. But it's not about pretending or imagining as if we came out of Egypt. But as the Malbum says, it's to know in truth that we personally were redeemed. And I always thought that's such a high bar. How do you actually do that? How do you actually get to that point? Now, obviously, if you have an obligation to do that, that means that you're capable of doing it. But I think the answer a little bit is in the wording here. So first of all, it starts off Bechol Dar in every generation. Now, really, the Hakata could have just said every single person is obligated to see as if as though he himself went out of Mitzrayim. That's not what the Haggadah says. The Haggadah says in every generation, which means that every generation has its own unique challenges and its own unique tasks to fulfill. And I, I feel like this, you know, with regards to a lot of things, I know there's a lot of people who look at this generation and say, oh my gosh, they're either worse than our parents or, you know, some people might even honestly say vice versa. Um, but every generation has its own challenges and every generation has its own type of slavery where there's something that's preventing them from being free and they have to overcome that thing in order to properly serve Hashem. Because we have to ask ourselves, of course, if we're going to be freed, we have to think as though we came out of Mitzrayim. What is freedom and what is the point of freedom? And we have to remember when Hashem told Moshe to go tell Paro, let my people go, what's the Pasuk there? It doesn't say just, freedom as it end in and of itself send out my people so that they can serve me it isn't that we're not slaves it's that we're not slaves to people we're not slaves to the physical world we're not slaves to something that is limiting us in any way we are only slaves to hashem that is really in truth the ultimate freedom and so everybody in their personal lives Again, it, there's a generational thing. So there's something that we collectively struggle with as a generation, the certain challenges that we have. Somebody might say it's technology. Somebody might say it's addiction. Somebody might say that it's, I don't know, mental health or, you know, there's certain generational things that are going on that we collectively have to work on as a group, I think, to support each other and to help each other and figure out what the needs of our generation is and try to meet those needs in whatever way we can and with whatever talents that Hashem gave us. Hashem gave all of us different talents and abilities so we can do whatever we can to collectively meet the needs of our generation and our particular challenges. But then, of course, each person has their own story. 
each person has their own struggles. Each person has their own challenges. And if you're looking at somebody else and you think that they have it easy and they seem to have a great life, you're just, you're missing something. I mean, hopefully people do have wonderful lives, but what meaning to say everybody has their struggles and everybody has their challenges. And the word Mitzrayim actually means a Mitzar means like a narrow space. We say in Halal, Minha Meitzar Karasika, from the straits, I call out Tashem. Narrow space is confining. Mitzrayim is confining. B'nai Israel couldn't serve Hashem when they were in Egypt. And what happens is they come out of Mitzrayim through this very miraculous uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, and they get across the other side where now they are free to do what? To serve Hashem. So everybody needs to ask themselves, like, what is preventing you from serving Hashem? Like right now, you're listening to this, maybe you're in your kitchen, you're peeling potatoes, you're... I don't know, cleaning chickens. I met somebody yesterday in the store and she said, oh, I had to clean a whole bunch of chickens yesterday. So I got a chance to catch up on one of your podcasts. It was the one from way back when. So she's very behind. And if she's listening to this, you know who I'm talking about because I just ran into you the other day and you're listening to this right now. You got through a lot of podcasts to get to this one right here. So maybe she's going to listen to this one next year. I don't know. But, you know, you're working for Pesach and you could think for yourself, like, what is my narrow space? What do I want to break free from? What am I trying to accomplish? What do I need so that I can serve Hashem? What do I need for that actual freedom? We tell the story. I saw this in one of the other commentators. We tell the story about our ancestors. We start at the beginning and we go through the whole story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We go through the whole story of Pesach. And although we're telling that story, really it's ultimately to get to a personal experience with Hashem. It's ultimately to get to this retelling and remembering Mitzrayim, but everybody has their own personal mission. It says, You're going to tell your children, Hashem did this for me, when he took me out of Mitzrayim, when I went out of Egypt. So that's a very personal feeling. Like I've accomplished something sitting at the Seder. I had something that happened to me and I have now an opportunity to serve Hashem. And so for whatever your situation is in life, being able to really look at this Pasuk when you get to the stage of Magid and you're almost at the end at this point, we're very hungry. It's very late at night. We've been through a lot of Magid and a lot of Pesach prep and we're almost at the end. You take a spot, you take a moment and stop and think like, how is this personal for me? What did I accomplish? What are my goals now? How am I going to get up from the Seder? What kind of person am I going to be tomorrow? And then the Pesach Seder really will be something that lasts you for the rest of the year and is a foundation for the rest of the year. And not only that, but it will be something that you could pass on to your children because that's the whole point of Pesach. That's the whole point of the Seder. All these like unusual things that we do where it's like so different, it really creates a, a really sensory memory for our children and kids will remember the Seder forever because it's so different. It's not like a regular Yontif meal. It's not like a regular Shabbos meal. It's, you know, everybody's wearing kitzels and the food is so different and it's late at night. So you have this like sleep deprivation thing going on, which I'm sure creates some sort of a cognitive imprint where, you know, when you, when you have this like sort of tiredness that somehow the things go into your brain in a different way and you have the wine and you have the matzah and chavrosad and the marar and all that and you really have the opportunity when it's genuine for you to make that imprint and so that your kids could have the Seder with their children and then they sh- their Seder and Mirza Shem with their children and that's the most wonderful thing of all. Mirza Shem, I'll give all of you bracha that you could have that experience and that this is a wonderful yantif and that you can manage the Pesach prep so that the Pesach prep itself is something that brings you a lot of spiritual fulfillment. It's 
physically hard, but hard doesn't mean bad. Remember, that's a really important key. Hard doesn't mean bad. And anxiety isn't necessarily bad as a therapist will qualify that. Um, but it should be just a wonderful yanta for everybody with hopefully with your celebrating with your family. And, you know, like I said, if you have any podcasts that have been getting you through pre-Pesach prep, email me, let me know a deeper conversation, one, two, zero, gmail.com. I'd love to hear feedback and questions and comments. And you could always reach me there or um, on Instagram at a deeper conversation. Have a great yanta everybody.